me and for you and for the entire world is that we will begin to focus our hearts and lives on Jesus Christ. The church is not a place, it's a people. Now we thank God for the tools that he gives us. We thank God for the places that are that are sacred in our lives. I can take you back to a place, if I physically could, where God spoke to me and that's sacred and holy in my life. But the temple of God is his people. And even though we've been separated, we've not been apart from the Lord, we've not been apart from the Holy Spirit, we're connected to one, again, one another. And so this morning, I want us to look at what Paul says. Verse 19 following, I'm reading out of Good News. Bible translation. I tried to read the Bible many times. I was saved when I was 12. At 14 I knew. Somehow I instinctively knew that I needed to grow in Christ. I don't know that anybody told me that. When you come to Christ, you're a little baby in the faith. You need to grow. And the best food in the world for babies, spiritually, is the Word of God. And I tried several times, but I, the old King James, I just, it just didn't register. And I found on vacation, Gulf Shores of all places, when it rained one day, we couldn't go to the beach. I found in that little cottage we were staying in a little paperback book with stick figures in it, and it had on the front, Good News for Modern Man. And I said, well, this looks interesting. And I started reading it. And I said, wow, this makes sense. And then I realized it was the Bible, the New Testament. So I read the New Testament that year. God began to work in my life. And I want to tell you while you're COVID affected, turn the TV off more than you are. Pick the Word of God up. If you don't have a modern translation that you can understand, let me know. I'll help you get one. Good news. Verse 19. Paul is or the, I'm sorry, the writer of Hebrews. We don't really know who wrote Hebrews. He sums up his, in verse 17, he says, God says to them, and he said, there's coming a day, and he refers to Christ, when I'm going to take my laws and put it in their hearts. I'm going to make a new covenant, and I'm going to write their, my laws in their minds. And he says, I will remember their sins and evil deeds no longer. So when, when these have been forgiven, an offering to take away sins is no longer needed. When God sent Jesus, the only offering that can remove our sin, there is no other offering. And when he's, his effect has been done, there's no need for another offering. And so he's encouraging people, verse, in starting in verse 19. We have then, my friends, complete freedom to go into the most holy place. By means of the death of Jesus, he opened for us a new way, a living way, through the curtain, that is, through his own body. He is speaking with Jewish people who understood that the temple of God had as a design that instructed people how to approach God. And there was a place on the outer courts for the Jews, uh, for, the, for, the, for those who were for the nations of the earth of the Gentiles, so that they could seek God and pray to Him. And, and one reason that Jesus got angry in the temple was because through their buying and the setting, they replaced the worship of God. 
And they ostracized the Gentiles and kept them from seeking after God. And then there was an inner, there was another court, an inner court, and the Jewish males could go there to approach God and worship and go through rituals. And then there was a place called the Holy of Holies. And there the tabernacle, or the, 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 I'm sorry, the altar was there. And there once a year, the high priest, after he had purified himself and done cleansing rituals and been washed and scrubbed, went into that holy place to offer an offering that represented the blood that forgave sin. And the writer of the New Testament, our Lord Jesus Christ, is telling us that was a picture. It was a it was a, a living production that pointed to something greater than that. It pointed to the offering of Jesus Christ whose body, whose body and the blood that was shed from his body became the offering to God that cleanses us from sin. The only one that could enter that place was the high priest. And in fact, if you went into that place, you were supposed to die. And so they tied a rope around the high priest, around his leg. They put bells on him so that when he went into that holy of holies, because no one else could approach that. And as he went in there, he offered sacrifices for his own sins and then the sins of the nation. And the bells allowed the people to know he's still alive. The rope was in case he had a heart attack and died in that place. They wouldn't go in and get him. They'd pull him out. Reminds me of being in Africa when I went to this place where I saw one of the ladies of the church that had a crocodile at the baptism hole. A crocodile that bit her leg off right up to here. She was living in a mud hut. And I thought, hmm, if I do any baptism in here, I might tie a rope on somebody and do chunk and dump. <laughs> and then pull them back. I hope you laughed. I didn't mean that for serious. The writer says that God has opened up and given us complete freedom. There was a big curtain that no one could go through. And when Jesus died on the cross, that curtain in the temple, when an earthquake came, God tore that curtain and symbolically opened the way through the death of Jesus for anybody and everybody who would come to him by faith through repentance to receive grace and have the freedom of access grace of God. The writer goes on to say, in verse 20, he opened a new way, a living way through the curtain that is through his own body. In verse 21 he says, we have a great high priest in charge of the house of God. Talking about Jesus. So, let us come near to God with a sincere heart and a sure faith, with hearts that have been purified from a guilt of bodies washed from clean water. Let us Hold on firmly to the hope we profess, because we can trust God to keep his promises. Let us be concerned for one another, to help one another, to show love, to do good. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together, as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more, since we see that the day of the Lord is coming nearer. For there is no longer any sacrifice that can take away sin if we purposely 
go on sinning after the truth has been known, made known to us. He is saying that if we continue, if we, and I know I and others have preached, fear not, if you're a child of God, and listen, if you're not, if you reject Christ and you continue to go in the way that that you want to go independent of Him, and you reject His grace, and you reject His mercy, there is no other way for forgiveness. There is something worse than COVID to be afraid of. It is a terrifying, horrible thing to think of the judgment that awaits those who reject God. I want you to look at verse 32, and he says, Remember how it was with you in the past, in those days after God's light had shone on you, and you suffered many things, yet were not defeated by the struggle. You were at times publicly insulted, humiliated, or mistreated, and other times you're ready to join those who are being treated in the way you shared the suffering of prisoners. When all your belongings were seized, you endured your loss gladly because you knew that you still possessed something much better which would last forever. So do not lose your courage then because of uh, because it brings with it, with it good, great reward. You need to be patient in order to do the will of God and receive what he promises. For as the scripture says, just a little while longer, and he who is coming will not delay. My righteous people, however, will believe and live. And if any of them turns back, I will not be pleased with them. Pleased with them. We are not people who turn back and are lost. We are people without faith and are saved. I want to remind you some of the things that God's blessed us with that I think are important. In COVID, just to remind us. One is, is, is what we have in Christ. What we have in Christ. We've not been able to gather. We're still not able to gather in the way we want to. I, I want to come and hug you. I want to come and shake your hand and embrace you and Fist bump, chest bump. But we're not able to do that this time. But we have something that we cannot lose. And that is, we have an open door into the very presence of God. The curtain of the temple, when it was ripped, symbolized what God did through the death of Jesus. And Jesus' death provided... Not a ritual way, but a living way. And God sends His Holy Spirit into the hearts of those who believe. And if you are a child of God, if you sincerely are a follower of Christ, God has put His Spirit in you. He is there to comfort you. He is there to keep you. He is there to guide you. He is there to teach you. He is there to remind you. He is there to inspire you. And though we've not been able to be in Sunday school classes close to each other, the Holy Spirit never leaves the people of God. Amen. And maybe it's time in this time of being still that, that God is trying to teach us to listen to the voice of the Spirit and the voice of the Word. We have a living way. We have an open door. We have a new way into God's presence. And then we have a great high priest. Jesus Christ who calls us to be his people. You can come to church every day of your life. 
You can sing the songs. You can give the offerings. You can sit. You can hear the preacher. You can be moved emotionally. But if nothing in your heart, in the deepest core of your life, ever surrenders to the call of God in Jesus Christ, to salvation, and to lordship under him, and you never submit yourself to him, you miss the way to God. Yeah. Thank God for our ability. I'm, I'm thankful. Bless your heart. I'm going to try to be quicker. I'm actually watching my clock this time. Because I know you're hot and I'm sweating up here. But thank God for our building. I look forward to being in there. Next Sunday, when we fill up the 25% seating capacity here, we'll have a live feed in the Old Worship Center. We'll have a live feed there. So we can accommodate almost our full number of people if people want to come. So next Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, the first 130, 140, whatever that number is, we'll have chairs, social distance. We'll worship here and we'll broadcast into the other room. We'll have provision for you. Thank the Lord for every mission. Man, I was about nine years old, went on vacation. My family stayed with some cousins for a night or two that had air conditioning. We didn't have air conditioning. Dude, even in, in, in August in Alabama, you can have a window fan pull the air in, but it don't cool down because the air is hot. And I decided at nine years old, when I grow up, I work three jobs and I have to get air conditioned. This is good stuff. And as you wipe the sweat this morning, swing it up. Look forward to that. But dude, there's something better. There's something better than air conditioning. Something better than religion. And that's Jesus Christ. Amen. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will sincerely on the level give your life to him. Dr. Jesus. Savior Jesus and Lord Jesus. He calls us to be his people. So the writer then said, since these things are true, we have this high priest who will never leave us, who will never forsake us, who will forget our sins. We have an open door to God. Therefore, let us, he says a few things, he says, let us come near to God. Let us come near to God. You know, there are times, there are times that I say the right words, I pray the right words, maybe I sing the right words, but my heart, my heart not in tune. There's a difference in saying prayers and praying. There's a difference in singing songs and worshiping. There's a difference. And hearing God's word through these ears here and hearing them in here. So he said, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. Let us draw near to God with a body that's been washed clean by the blood of Jesus that's available to us. Let us forsake the things that defile us and draw near to God through the cleansing of Jesus. Let us. Hold on to our sure faith. Let us approach God with hearts purified. You've heard me tell the story, and this is not just a one-time thing. Last week, I think it was, I, I've told the story before because another time in my life, but last week I got on my knees. I was praying for my family. I was praying for my grandson. 
can't say a whole lot about that because I don't want to blubber in front of all of you. I don't mind God seeing me blubber. But I said, Lord, I'll do whatever it takes. I want you to heal my grandchildren. You leave his hair and take my hair. In fact, I'll shave it off. Give you a head start. I want you to heal him. And in those moments as I was on my knees, I'm reminded of the necessity of a sincere heart before God. With that which is deepest in our soul, the core, connecting with the deep part of God, we have an open way. So let's not casually just say words. I said to the Lord God, whatever you want in my life, I want. If you want me to preach for another 40 years, I certainly want to. Whatever you want. God's word tells us to draw near and him with sincere heart. God's word tells us to hold on firmly the hope that we have in Christ. COVID's come. COVID will go in time. But our hope is in Christ. We pray for medical breakthroughs. We pray for truth. We don't know who to believe. I'll tell you, the only one I know I can't believe is God. Yeah. Our hope, even though we pray for medical breakthroughs, our hope is in the Lord. Yeah. And so let us hold on to that. Then he says, let us be concerned with one another. Let us not just look out for our stuff. I want to brag on you and, and our people a while. Haven't we been blessed in this crisis? Haven't you had people call you? I asked our deacons and asked our staff to step up to make the church roll, take it. Miss Pam did a fantastic job dividing the names up making us an assignment. Every week we get our assignment. And we're not perfect in making those calls, but we're getting calls out to people more than we ever have in, our, in the history of the church problems. And every week, everybody in our church that's a member or a tender ought to get some kind of call. That's bad to you. Show your concern. Show your concern in practical ways. We've had Jason and Cindy and Rodney and there are many, many others who stepped up shown concern for the church they worked countless hours to make technology available to us that we didn't have last year so we could meet online and so we could have Zoom meetings. Thank the Lord for those who've done that. Our children's ministry and youth ministry, our mission friends, some of our ladies who teach the, the, the small children, wow, how they've stepped up. Now I don't like being front of that camera reaching to a little square box like that especially when there's gunshots going off we thank the lord the gunshots are not at me amen it must have been at the bird came told me about all of you heard the bird when you watched the video whatever the need is show your concern for jesus by being concerned for one another and then he says let's show up People have stepped up. Let's show up. Don't neglect. Don't
forsake. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. We've learned that when we can't assemble physically, we must assemble through technology or other ways and thank the Lord for that opportunity. We look forward to the day that we can do as the Bible says, greet one another with a holy kiss or a holy handshake, holy embrace. But in the meantime, we can show our concern in many ways. Verse 32, he reminds them, you are not defeated, so don't let yourself be defeated from this point on. Zion Hill, God has had his hand on this church for almost 200 years. And he is not done with us. Amen? He is not done with you. He is not done with us. And we are grateful. And we will, by his grace, keep our focus on Jesus who leads us in victory. Sometimes the days are dark. Sometimes we go through hard things. Sometimes we're challenged in our faith. And that's the time that we stop and encourage our brothers who are struggling. And we stand together as a church. We learn the value of being connected, even in small groups when we can't meet, of families coming together to worship God. To turn the television on and watch YouTube together to pray together. We will not be defeated by God's grace. We will face, as he encouraged these people, face the difficulties with courage and with patience. Wish we could hurry up and get that patience, don't you? That's the very nature of it. Hurry up and get patience. That's kind of mutually exclusive. In the big picture, in the big picture, we need to be reminded. God says if we have to suffer, folks, I don't know about you. I haven't suffered much, have you? I've enjoyed being able to be around my family a little bit, even though they come. My grandson's got leukemia now right before we found out he had it. He was at the house. He called me, get on the porch, talk through the window. When the snake bit me and I was laid up in the chair, he come put a chair outside the window. Social distance. Talked to me through there. We laughed together. And one day he said, Paul, now I know what a dog feels like. A dog can come up on the porch. A dog can watch the people go out and come out and go in. Come out and go in. A dog can't go in. I wish this would hurry up and get over so I can go in your house. Patience. A little bit longer. This too will pass. And God will have the last say. He reminds us of who we are. We are God's people. We are not people who turn around and defeat. We are his household. We are his sons and we are his daughters. So we need to draw near to him. Seriously. I am so happy to be your pastor. Sometimes I remember I may respond as though I'm somewhere else where people don't sincerely worship the Lord. 
then I realized again, God, you brought me to Zion Hill. And I have to remember who these folks are in you. None of us are perfect, are we? We all make mistakes. But the heart of this church is to love Jesus. And I'm so grateful to be connected to you. I want to ask you sincerely a couple of things. Number one, number one, the writer talks about the fact that if you reject, refuse, or ignore the gospel message of Jesus, there is no other way. God has made one way, and he's commanded every person to have a change of heart and a change of mind and to sincerely accept Christ as their Savior and to surrender their life and serve him as their Lord. Have you done that? If you haven't, you need to. Do you know people? Who's your one? Who are you praying for? Who are you seeking that God would save? We pray for people that we think have COVID virus. I'm praying for Pat Dye, the former Auburn coach, who has COVID. We've saw, seen God do a miracle in Greg Derrick's life. And honor his word and raise him up with COVID. There's something much worse than COVID, that state of eternity without Christ. Who are you praying for? Have you sincerely given your life to Christ? If not, why don't you this morning? Number two, have you come to the place where you value church? more than other human activities. I'm not talking about taking a vacation. I'm not talking about going with your family somewhere. I'm not talking about a legalistic slavery too. But but we should never put church gathering, encouraging, being encouraged, loving them, the fellowship. We should never put that lower on the totem pole of our lives is not good. And if not, are there course corrections God wants to do to us? Number three. One of the things that COVID has done is it's pointed out relational problems. If there are issues your life and struggle in your home, in your personal life, or with other people wherever they are. But this is pointed out. Because as long as we're focused on other things and meet each other going and coming, but not really forced to be together, but when we're forced to be together all the time, everybody finds your bulk heads a little bit. But if your life you're struggling through relational issues. Pride would never, ever, ever, ever bring about God's help and will in your life. But humbling yourself before the Lord and asking Him and letting Him and obeying Him transform your life will do an amazing thing for you. So I'm going to ask you to respond to the Lord this morning. Whether you're here in the parking lot or you're on TV, we're not going to do a public invitation where we ask you to come forward. But I am going to
going to do a public invitation where I ask you to email me or text me and tell me what God is saying to you. And before you do that, do business with God. There's an open door. If you stay out of that door, whether it's your lost friends, whether it's the sicknesses and the illnesses, if you stay outside the door and don't go through the door of intimate fellowship with Almighty God with a sincere heart, you have no one, and I have no one but myself to lay that on. There's an open door. What is your need when you bring it into the fellowship of God? There's an open door. Who do you know that needs Christ? Are you there at that altar pleading and interceding for the salvation of the family and the return in America of Godliness? Are you going through that door to Dr. Jesus? He not only heals Bob, he heals marriages. And he'll heal a lot of things to him sincerely with the mother and all of him. Stand with me. I look forward to hearing from you. We're going to have a moment here. I'm going to lead us in prayer. Wherever you are, whatever God's doing in your life, would you ask him today to draw you near to him? Young men, I want to ask you, I want to challenge you. Some of you are athletes. Some of you are robotic people. You're, you're involved with a whole network of people. Are you being a witness for Christ? Or other young ladies, are you being a witness for Christ? People are scared. They need to hear Christians who have hope and share that hope with them. We ask God to teach you how to do it. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who comforts us, who leads us, who guides us, and thank you for letting the wind blow on this hot morning and keeping the rain away so we together. We look forward to when we can assemble ourselves back together. We pray, oh God, for the family of George Baker. And of Miss Lucy and the other families that are lost, people to this earth. Now we thank you that through Christ you have provided for all of us who know you a place and a time to meet again when this life is over. Help us to draw near to you. Encourage our hearts. Fill us with your strength and your spirit. And draw men and women, boys and girls, to you. Jesus, strong name, we pray. Amen. I look forward to hearing from you. Don't forget, as you go out, social distance is an offering box there. Be prepared for that. You'll give online. This service will be aired next Sunday morning. We will be at 9 o'clock in this building. When the chairs that we have out, which will be somewhere around 130, 140, something like that, whatever the number is, when we have those filled up, then we'll send people to the other building for an overflow. Hope that you can come, be safe, social distance, and walk with the Lord. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.